Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston Super Show. Good morning and welcome to Preston Super Show. We are live talking about all things cool with your host, Preston Olson. And today is another bitter cold day. And you wake up and you just want everything to go right. So you make your coffee and there's two options. You get, we got this medium coffee which I'm not a fan of. We got the dark coffee, which I'm a big fan of. And you know, here's the thing. The first cup of coffee is the most important cup. If that doesn't strike you as good, it's it's over for that day. There's no there's no coming back to it. Maybe if you wait, you know, let's say it's the morning, you wait till like 7 at night, by then the caffeine's all out of your system, then possibly that cup could be pretty similar to that first cup. But nothing beats the first cup. So when you drink medium coffee, oh boy, that is low energy coffee. I drank some medium coffee the other day just like, all right, let me just drink some of this before I go and get my dark roast. And there's so, there's a huge difference. By 9 o'clock, I was ready to go to bed. And there was no reason for me to go to bed that early. That was too early for me to go to bed. But I was ready to go to bed. The, the The crash was not good. And uh I looked at, you know, what I was drinking. And I thought about it. And I said, well, I didn't drink any more or any less. So, you know, like yesterday, had dark coffee. Felt good all 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 through the day. Like got to the end of the day, still had energy. I was able to get some other things done past nine o'clock that, you know, I have the ideas for and, and just everything starts coming together a little bit at night. Sometimes I could be a little bit of a night rider. I could be a little bit of a day rider. It just kind of depends on how my mind's working. But I can't be a big medium coffee drinker. And then it brings us to the industry of coffee where we're looking at Dunkin Donuts and how to how do people even call that coffee? You know, that is like, like, this has got to be one of the worst cups of coffee I've ever had is from Dunkin' Donuts. Hands down. It's it's gas station coffee with a different logo on it. Um, And that was before they got bought out. Um, So I could only imagine how worse it's gotten. I won't even mess with it, you know, because it puts such a bad taste in my mouth. I used to go there for the happy hour. Dollar iced coffees, you know, that was a great thing from like 11 to 2 or something. And then they made it to like 1 to 2. Like, that was a good deal for me. I'd buy one of my friends one, 
you know, because he worked with me, my friend Lonzo, you know, I'd hear Lonzo, I'd buy him a coffee. And then sometimes he'd go over there, he'd buy me the coffee. It just depends who got the break first, you know what I mean? That's just how it went. And that that helped me push through the day. I didn't need the hot coffee to push through the rest of the day. I just used that iced coffee that pushed me through the rest of the day. I had enough caffeine in me uh, to focus my energy and get things done. But I, I look at that Dunkin' Donuts coffee like the dog water of America. Like, this is the dog water. Hot dog water. And then, you know, I'm not from Canada, so I'm not familiar with some of what they have out there. I've only heard, you know, like Tim Hortons. But if it's anything like Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts, then that is the dog water of Canada. Um, I mean, you have to look at this for face value with with coffee i'm a big seattle's brand person and you'll go to the store and a lot of times it'll be sold out you can't get it you have to get this organic one and the organic one is just it, it's too much of an ass ripper you don't want ass ripper coffee where you're like you know what i mean going to the toilet and like oh i'm not feeling so good now you don't want that that's folgers um that's Dunkin' Donuts. That's like Starbucks if you go in there and you're drinking the actual coffee from there. That could be an ass ripper, bro. That's not going to work out for you. But see, when you're making it at home, maybe you got the K-Cups. Maybe you got, you know, just a coffee pot like I do and Mr. Coffee or whatever. I mean, you want to be able to have confidence that that coffee you make is going to get you through the day. And you're not going to be reaching for more. That's the key, right? Because too much coffee is not good for you. It, it throws your heart out of rhythm. Um, you get that feeling of your heart beating too fast. Like all those things happen when you get too much caffeine in your body. So it could throw your ticker off a little bit. And uh, you don't need that. You just want the bold flavor, the rush of adrenaline, and uh, the focus that comes along with it after. There's going to be a crash. But see, Seattle's Best Coffee has done a great job of not giving me that big crash. And uh, that's on, that can only come from a coffee that's made well. Right now, I'm not drinking Seattle's Best because it's sold out. Uh, we got Empty Shelves Biden. So he's not restocking the coffee like he needs to at Walmart. And uh, I got this Maxwell House. And it's it's dark roast, so it'll it'll suffice. But it's still missing the flavor. Of the Seattle's Best. That's just how good that Seattle's Best coffee is. And it's not a plug for them. Um, it's literally just how I feel about their coffee. And there's a lot. I've tried a lot. Someone said try community coffee. And it had that great first cup experience. Uh, but that guy, he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He was an LSU fan too. So I should have knew right there he was a, a freaking liar. You know, as soon as he said he was an LSU fan, I should have just wrote him off right there. But see, I'm a good, you know what I mean, man of my faith. And, you know, I, I trust God's people. But that guy, he just proved himself to be a liar. That community coffee is not better than Seattle's best. He said it was. He was wrong. I've tried um, Cafe Bustello. That's good if you want, like, an instant coffee. If you're looking for a good instant coffee... Then you can roll over to your good friend, Cafe Bustello, and, and there you go. Slap a couple cups together, you know, and now you're feeling good about your day. 
But no, it for me it boils down to one coffee, and it's it, there's some brand power here. There's definitely some brand authority with Seattle's best, and uh, it's not selling out at the store because it sucks. That's for sure. Um, and and that's the thing. So every there's a couple different kinds too, you know. Uh, so you have to really be careful. You don't want to buy the wrong one of those, you know, because it, it does make a difference. Um, but the one I get is, uh, post alley, post alley, uh, dark roast, not the organic. Okay. Because they make the organic post alley. You don't want the organic. That's going to mess you up. Um, it's way too strong. Like organic means strong. Uh, so they have the March for life today. If anybody's seen that going on and, uh, what a cold day. Who who puts these marches together in the coldest of days? You'd get a way bigger turnout if you just waited till March. You know what I mean? Like by then, you'd have all the Irish people joining you. Because they'd be like, oh, well, we we're marching for St. Paddy's Day. But, you know, now that that's over and we got all our beer left over, we're going to go for the March of Life. So you'd get all the Irish people with you. And... We just have so much going on uh, in our country. We're going to get all into it today when I come back after these messages. Thank you for being with me this far. So our good friends in China are back up to their dirty tricks. And here we are with... An article out of the Science Times, written by Margaret Davis. Uh, This is about China building their artificial moon. And they're basically running experiments on this artificial moon. The article goes on to read that scientists in China have built an artificial moon that simulates gravity on the lunar surface to help them prepare for further space exploration missions. It also stimulates the lunar landscape complete with rocks and dust with the same mass as those found on the moon here we are um present day america where we can't get stimulus to our people we can't help the homeless off the street we don't have a a great plan uh for uh, reparations we don't have a great plan for uh, the supply chain issues and china has the free time and the the right mind to be running these experiments um, when we can't even get the experiments right that we've created. So here's China moving in a direction that many people didn't see possible coming out of COVID and they're already back at it. China plans to send astronauts to the lunar surface by 2030 and set up a base in collaboration with Russia. So they are bypassing America. They are sidestepping the world and saying, you all are too slow. You all are too dumb. We're better than you. We're going to create our own base with Russia up on uh, the moon. Because, you, uh, unfortunately, you, uh, your president, uh, Joe Biden, is just an imbecile. And they, know, and, and they, they truly believe that, as Russia does, um, as they're moving into Ukraine... And uh, we'll get into that in the show later. 
So everybody wants to know how this works. And the article goes on to describe that for us. Uh, Mail Online reported that the artificial moon uses very strong magnetic fields to levitate a two-foot room in a vacuum chamber where the air is not present. The effect is called diamagnetic levitation, in which an external magnetic field is applied to atoms. So, this is very advanced. This is more advanced than me. So, you know, with that being said, um, an interesting note about this that I've picked up out of this article for you. Kind of a nugget here. They're really pushing 3D printing. They want 3D printing to be possible on the moon. The reason they want that is because it's going to help them save costs on sending heavy equipment. And for people that are going to live there permanently, that this is a plan of theirs, um, they want these technologies supporting that, building the structures and the foundations um, for homes and what have you on the moon. So, as you can see, China is advancing rapidly. They are growing uh, with out any remorse for the rest of the world they care not about the problems we have on our home front they care not about the problems they have in hong kong they uh with their totalitarian government um have pretty much stomped out anybody that doubts uh their their leader yi jinping uh, anybody that is that is not for him is against him in the in the eyes of yi jinping and they will stop at nothing uh, to conquer the moon and space. And you know exactly where that goes from there. So there's there's a lot of questions that arise uh, from this type of question. Where did they learn about this? Where did they get this technology from? And see, that is, uh, according to live science, from Nobel Prize winner back in 2000, Andre Geem a physicist at the University of Manchester. He devised an experiment that made a frog float using a magnet. So, again, China uh, has has learned from the world, but they do not want to share what they know with the world. They do not want to let you in. Um, they only want uh, the, the sort of what uh, King Louis XIV had, uh, you know, come check us out. Come look at us while we do this. Come, come, uh, you know, I, you know what I mean? I hustle everything we have here um, and behold our, our greatness. Um, but do not do not think you can participate, you peasant. And, th- and that is exactly where China stands uh, with the rest of the world. Uh, they have a deal with Russia. Yes. But even even Russia uh is no match for China's might. So we move on uh, to the next part of our show, our second part of today's program, where we talk about the tensions between Russia and Ukraine right when I come back from break. And again, thanks for staying with me this far. So, 
you and I, the listener, we're not stupid people. We know Putin is ex-KGB. Um, he doesn't play by the rules. He, he completely works outside of the rules that, that we have in our own country. Because over there, it's, it's lawless. The only laws is, uh, he, and they rule with a, with an iron fist. And see, we're free to talk about those things in our country. Over there, you're not. So it's a big difference. But we know what's coming. Russia is going to invade Ukraine. We know it's coming. They didn't put a hundred thousand Russian troops on the border of Ukraine, reported by the Wall Street Journal, uh, by Vivian Salama, James Marson, and Alex Leary. This article was put together. Three people took to put this together. That's how uh, big this is. This is how big it's gotten. Where everybody's wanting to put their name on something because we know the inevitable is coming. What we worry about, you know, uh, the getting you know uh, people vaccinated and and fighting over whether a mask works and uh, arguing whether or not Fauci should be locked up. Those are all interesting things. But one thing that's happening that you can't take your eye off of is here is Russia, uh, a nation three times the size of Ukraine with a military three times that uh, of of Ukraine. And Ukraine has no no chance. Uh, They have absolutely no chance to fight off Russia. We know that. We've seen this in history, and it's playing itself out again. Uh, what will Biden do? Well, that's going to be a difficult question, because what will the European Union do, in a sense? Um, our, our allies in the European Union uh, aren't lead foots. They don't have their foot on the gas. They're not holding the pedal down, trying to get this taken care of. They're threatening sanctions um but what does russia care about sanctions when uh in a way they're they're already getting a, a, a bad deal from most countries um besides china and a few others in the middle east russia's not getting a great deal from us they're not getting a great deal from um canada they're not getting a great deal from uh, uh anywhere in europe so what exactly do they care about sanctions so it's a little bit of uh, smoke and mirrors. So we have this, you know, they're showing you the satellite images of Russia's military buildup near Ukraine. This has got to be one of the most disturbing things going on today, where we pretty much have to sit helpless and wait to see what happens. You know, we have a uh, this mentality of no new wars, no no more war. But see, Russia doesn't uh, carry that sentiment. Russia doesn't care about stopping war. Russia is pursuing war. So we're looking to be able to put weapons in Ukraine. But the problem with that is once Russia moves in, then they seize those weapons. Now we've pretty much armed the Russians for their aggression and that and that's something that's being overlooked um there is no uh 
commonwealth strategy here one foot in one foot out there's there that that will not work the only strategy that works is either we're all in to protect them or we're all out and they're on their own and then what message does that send so uh, as the wall street journal says you you have a massive military buildup in russia that's been going on before the pandemic and now they're they've been you know what russia didn't have the uh the lockdowns and shutdowns as long as we did they didn't have all these things going on because uh in in my view they they didn't see covid as as a big a threat as we seen it and for them i mean it seems like it's worked out they they have all these troops here ready to go we're not hearing about them being sick we're not hearing hearing about them catching covid um so it's a totally different world over here compared to where you're at compared to the comforts and uh all the things you have in your life those things are not the same in russia and russia is uh, a country that was built on war that was built on struggle that at times had a civil society but now what we see is a complete top-down control from putin to the people where they are going to blindly follow blindly follow whatever putin says and that's that's very dangerous that's a very dangerous uh, society it's a very dangerous government and one can only really pray for ukraine because what else can you do what else can you do um at this point it has gotten out of hand we have uh president biden who has not gotten a hand on this um who has really no handle for what is going on in our own country let alone what's going on in ukraine his his uh his best but his best buddy his best friend obama former president had this same problem pop up in crimea where they didn't get on top of it early they didn't address it early they threatened sanctions oh we'll give them some weapons it all turned into nothing this time russia senses a weak western world they sense a weakness in america they sense a weakness in all of the west not just america but all of the west okay so while they're pursuing their ambitions we are all divided about where we need to be headed and what we need to be focused on you see that's the difference that's a big difference um in in america we wouldn't we don't want to be absorbing other countries and, and taking on uh their debt and taking on their problems and and all and all that comes with it see we're not into that uh we still have puerto rico that's wants to be in the union but we can't seem to get them in um and and biden has not pushed for them to join uh the united states and you know why because it's mostly republicans in puerto rico that's why so they know they don't want puerto rico to join the union uh they, this is something that should have been pushed early on in his administration but instead he turned a blind eye to it and he, he's created more republicans more conservatives because of that um and you can go look at puerto rico and the demographics and then that will back it up and i'm not talking about the tourists I'm talking about the people who live there it has moved strongly 
Republican, as did Florida. And uh, you, you see that across the country where people push for these Democrats, but they don't necessarily know what they're going to get. And, and, and voting on a Democrat is always going to be a gamble. Um, where Republicans, you can spot right away if they're good or bad. Democrat, you're not really going to know until they get in there and start doing things. And then nine times out of ten, uh, it, it turns out bad. So we have uh, just a, a devastating situation breaking out uh, on the border of Crimea. And it's it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly fast. So the only thing we've been able to do is muster up Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who nobody's heard about. You haven't heard of Secretary of State Antony Blinken until this. And even, you may still have not even heard of this. Um, and he visited, he, you know, he wanted to visit Europe to deter Russia from invading Ukraine. And they're just looking at him like, dude, you're just a guy filling a suit. You're just a guy that you're here for these four years. In the next four years, we're going to have another guy just like you. What do we care what you have to say? They're going to be, well, you know, when, when he goes to Europe, they're going to trade him nice. They're going to, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you come talk to these people. Oh, yeah, come over here. You talk to them. But Russia, China, they know the bureaucracy. They know how it works because they have their own. So they're looking at us like, well, this Stifler, we don't care what he's got to say. You know, he's not, he's not uh, doing anything to make us want to listen to him. So why do we want to listen to that? And they're going to, they're going to easily brush that off as nothing. But again, here you go with another piece on uh, Biden's chessboard facing backwards, facing the wrong way. And they talk about, you know, a frantic effort. Didn't seem that frantic. Didn't seem, didn't, hasn't seemed like much mobilization from the Biden administration to get this wrapped up. Um, so again, you know, I'm just very, very disappointed and uh how this Biden administration has just handled uh one situation after another uh probably going to go down as the worst foreign policy uh president we've ever had and in our history uh when Trump was bringing the Middle East together say what you want he was bringing the Middle East together um here's Biden dividing the Middle East um funding gender uh reclassification and transformation uh studies in, in Pakistan uh and and just so many different things that we're we're spending our money on uh like i said and we can't even get people help here we have collapsing uh social security system right in our own country and it's not being addressed um so it, it again it's disappointing it's just something we have to take in stride and uh moving on to our next part of the show where we talk about the Supreme Court versus pro-choice oh, and, and a big blow for the pro-choice movement uh, when I return so to close out today's program talking about the Supreme Court basically sending the Texas abortion case uh, back to the state and, and uh, in a way uh, docking this and this comes from NPR um, by uh, Nina Tottenberg 
And there's a couple highlights in this article. So it goes on to read the Supreme Court has once again let the lower courts delay in addressing a Texas law that for four months has made abortion in the state illegal after six weeks of pregnancy. Um, and they have, you know, it, NPR does a good job of putting the opinion into the article without calling it an op-ed. So appeals court judge Edith Jones, this is a lower court judge, openly uh, pretty much said that, look, uh, we should just sit on this until the end of June when the Supreme Court renders its decision about Roe versus Wade from the challenge it's received in Mississippi. And see, that really pissed off the abortion rights groups. It sent their heads, you know, to, to the moon. They were beside themselves because they can't just, they can't get over the six, uh, conservative majority in the Supreme Court. But that's just the way that the, the chips have fallen. And, uh, the Supreme Court is in a way, uh, our last line of defense from, uh, a total radical regime, uh, that the Biden and Kamala Harris regime is that works completely in the shadows. Uh, as you see, you never see Kamala completely silent. Breyer, so, uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, hardcore liberal judges, um, are very, very angry about this, that, uh, this was sent, sent back and, 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 uh, not, addressed but i believe it you know again this the court needed to do this and, and get this sent back uh because while that case is playing out about roe versus wade um and they're deciding whether to reverse its 50 year old abortion precedent this need not be taken up until then uh because there has to be the the principle set. You know what I mean? There's no, nothing's been set yet. All we know is that, you know, uh, yes, ab- abortions are, are legal, but now we're, you know, we're, what are we, what are we questioning? We're questioning when the abortions can, can take place. Can they happen after six weeks? Can they happen when there's a heartbeat? And see, a lot of states have made their heartbeat bills and said no, you know, and then there's a lot of states where you're not going to be able to get an abortion. Now, here in Illinois, you're not going to have, you're not going to have that problem. But see, in other states, like Texas, you're going to have to jump the state line to have an abortion. Look, I'm, I'm this conservative. There's a very hard line stance to look at this and say, why are you spreading your legs if you're not ready to, to deal with the consequences? Okay. So we're supposed to have sympathy for you for having this abortion when there's so many people that want a kid and there's so many people that would do everything they can to take care of that child that you you don't want right it's called adoption but see i guess people also aren't thinking of their health and how dangerous an abortion could be to a woman she could basically you know the abortion could stop her from ever having kids again. Um, it, the doc, that could come of it. Um, especially when you're dealing with things like a miscarriage. Uh, yeah, that could stop a woman from ever having a kid again. Uh, the shock, uh, of that could completely ruin her life. Am I against abortion? 
That's a hard question to ask. That's a hard question to ask. I could really answer that question with another question. Is it personal responsibility for one to control their own body and their own urges? Or is it a victim mentality and a victim mindset that you have to have to support abortion? Because I understand in the case of incest, uh, in the case of rape, that there, you know, there should be a way for the, for these people to have an abortion. What I don't believe is that people that have, you know, bad upbringings, people that aren't very careful about uh, contraceptive and, and, and being safe, that they should be able to be impregnating women and then tell, you know, making the woman ultimately feel bad about having the kid and now they're having an abortion. That happens too often in America. Um, we have so many homes where there's no father figure present. What are these kids left to know except the rat moguls, the hustlers, the gamblers? What else are they to know except what's cool? When they don't have a role model in the house. When they don't have a father figure in the house. They go through the rest of their life groovy in the head. Loopy. And ultimately, in a way, when they get to become an adult. Now they're repeating uh, exactly what happened to them. So no, I think it boils down um, to mental health with abortions. I think this needs to be looked at in a different light. That's my personal opinion. Uh, you have to have a heart for people who have gone through some difficult things and can't, you know, uh, birth this child. They just, they've just decided. But see, I think those decisions need to happen early. I don't think those decisions need to come four months after being pregnant. I think those decisions need to come before four months and before three months, uh, of, of pregnancy. That is my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I can only tell you, uh, based on my environment and my experiences with people, seeing people, knowing of people who have had a miscarriage or knowing of people who have gone to get an abortion. It isn't, it is an unspoken thing for most. How many people want to talk about the miscarriage they had? How many people want to talk about the abortion they had? It is very taboo. You don't bring those type of things up. Um, and not because it's trivial, but because it brings back those feelings of hurt and despair to, to people. And uh, that's not what you want to be putting in people's hearts. So the courts, look, this is, this is the, one of the toughest rulings we're going to see in our lifetime. How does... Six conservative judges and three liberal judges handle Roe versus Wade. For the most part, we don't know. We absolutely don't know. And only time will tell. But I can tell you personally, something has to be said for personal responsibility and good behavior. And ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our program for today. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.
And the hidden gem is... Dun, 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 drum roll, please. Dun, 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 dun. Pompeii with two eyes. This movie came out in 2014. It's on the Roku channel right now. Watch it while it's still there. Great film. Uh, action-packed. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. it. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It's not slow. It's very fast. Um, great dialogue. Great action. Um, inappropriate for the whole family. So check out Pompeii with two eyes. And I bid you adieu.